You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 106. Hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and today we are talking all about harnessing the power of energy in our projects. Seizing moments of possibility, no matter how small, is the heart of building support for our ideas, big projects, and organizational changes. There are often hundreds of these moments of possibility during the life of a big project. Many of the moments are small and easy to miss. Some are big, but all can help create and sustain energy if we know how to tap into them. This episode is sponsored by Keyed In. Looking for a solution that helps you get up and running, but also with you for the long haul? Power your PMO with solutions from Keydin. Their tried and true model combines software with services to help leaders get value from their PPM tool and grow their PMO to the next level. By simplifying complex areas such as resource management, capacity planning, and portfolio analysis, Keydin effectively changes the way PMOs deliver for the business. Check them out at keydin.com and definitely Find and follow them on LinkedIn. And when we get to the PMO Impact Summit, be sure to go say hello to them in their virtual booth so you can learn more about how they can help you make a big impact. So let's get ready to dive into an awesome topic with our guest today, Rick Maurer. Rick works with leaders who see big changes and projects as opportunities to engage people in the changes that will affect them. Imagine that. Let's bring people with us through the change process. These leaders know that change can actually boost morale and commitment to the organization and the work. Now, I want you guys to check this out. He calls his approach change without migraines. I am in love with it already. And and in addition to being sought after by PMO Strategies for the PMO Impact Summit and, of course, the PMO Strategies podcast, Rick Maurer's opinion has been sought by NBC Nightly News, CNBC, BBC, Fortune, The Wall Street Journal, USA Today, Industry Week, The Economist, Nation's Business, Fast Company, The Washington Post, Investor's Business Daily, and many other trade and business publications and broadcast media. So I've got the guy that people are going to when they want to make big change happen. So Rick, thank you so much for being here. It's very good to be here, Laura. Oh, so wonderful to have you. Okay, Rick, let's dive in. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Awesome. Okay, so let's start talking about this, harnessing the power of energy in our projects. And I really want to talk about something that you touched on when we were recording your session for the upcoming PMO Impact Summit. And you've said that energy and forward momentum are critically important to the success of big projects. And I'd really like to unpack that here for the audience today. So can you talk to me more about that? Sure thing. Well, if the people listening to this can think about a project at work or projects that didn't go so well, 
there, a few things might have happened. One, there might have been a tremendous amount of excitement or energy, you might say, right at the beginning. But it was sort of what I call a big bang approach to change. There's this big, big planning meetings. People are excited. A friend of mine said, it's like I was walking on air and then nothing happened. And weeks went by. And then after a few months, the leader said, okay, we're going to do a follow-up. And people are going a follow-up to what? And so it's like they had all this energy contained. They'd harnessed the energy and then they did nothing with it. And a lot of people, when I've told that story, nod their heads and go, oh yeah, that's life where I work. Another can be, that the change goes, or the project, you know, anything that demands the support of a lot of people that's big, it goes through all of the stages, just like the plans say, but it's sort of, the energy, it's like it's on life support. Mm. There's just never much there. And so either it just fades away, and I've seen this happen, they start to implement and from being top on the agenda, it goes to number two and then number three, and then it just disappears. And the big problem with that, not only does that project fail, but the organization can't learn from that failure because nobody's talking about it. Mm. It just fades away. Or it actually gets to the point where you're saying, wow, we did it. You know, we came in on time, on budget, people got the training they needed, and then there's no value. I mean, they did all that work and nothing really changed. In the early days of putting personal computers in people's offices, which was a really good idea. I mean, say, wow, they could, we can coordinate this and this. People didn't know what to do with it. They got the training, but they already had their systems for doing stuff. So they never used them. And Ken Blanchard, a really famous management writer, said, yeah, personal computers became the world's most expensive paperweights. <laughs> I yeah. remember hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. So they've done everything right, except that energy to go, wow, this is really going to help us solve that problem, or it's going to help us take advantage of a real opportunity that we couldn't have done doing it all paper and pencil. So that energy is just absolutely critical. Well, and I think that's, a, I've, I've seen all of those happen in organizations when they're trying to create change, all of those scenarios and all of them are really bad when it comes to getting you to the outcome you're trying to achieve. And that's what we're really talking about here. That's the goal is to help the organization deliver on their strategy in a meaningful way and get to the outcomes, not just create a bunch of outputs, not just go through the motions, but get the results. And one of the things that I think is really critical here, a really, one of the reasons I believe that happens is because we fail to connect people to the work that they're doing. They do, we don't draw the connection for them as to why they're doing that work, why it's meaningful. And that's a really in part of this kind of energy building process, right? And even if they do, like you're saying, even if they, in that example where they're all excited in the beginning and everything's, oh, this is great. And then nothing happens. Like there's no follow through. There's no continued engagement to keep them involved. And then it becomes just a time suck because you don't see the value yes. in what you're doing. And I think that that's incredibly detrimental to project progress and actually achieving the results. I agree. And what I think is critical mm -hmm. is to really look at any project you're working on in terms of energy. You're going mm -hmm. to look at it. You're going to pick up a plan and go, yeah, this will really help us with that kind of IT project or that kind of waste reduction project or whatever it might be. And that's important. You can say, okay, this is a good plan for that. But then you've got to say, and where's the energy going to come from? Right. 
And so what I've identified are four really big pockets of energy. And those okay. pockets of energy are there for the taking. And if you know how to use them, you can really use that as a catalyst for getting excitement and moving forward. And if you don't pay attention to those centers, it can lead to inertia or just out and out resistance, people working against you. And so right. it's what I've been doing with clients is saying, all right, so you're saying you're having problems with big projects. Which one of these pockets of energy seems to be lacking? And we move backwards. Okay. So I am definitely interested in diving into these pockets of energy and understanding what they are, how they show up in the workplace, and then what we can do to take advantage of them. Would you mind, would you be able to walk us through these four pockets of energy that you've talked about? Absolutely. I'm going to talk about them just in terms of what you might see on a project plan. Then I'm going to talk about it just in energy terms. And the first thing is that you need to make a case that something new is needed, that you're addressing the question of why. And it's amazing to me how many project plans and change management plans don't really get at that. They talk about the why after they've decided we're gonna do X, Mm. as opposed to, wow, we're losing market share. Wow, this or that. So the energy at that first stage is you're looking for urgency. Mm. So as you look around, and no, an urgency isn't going to appear in your plan. No point is it going to say in step 17, create urgency. But mm-hmm. you look at all that stuff you're doing, right? That and saying, is this creating a sense of urgency, like courses in the starting gate for stakeholders throughout the organization? Mm-hmm. And if you use an energetic term like that, it becomes easier just to look at it and go, man, no people come to the meetings, but man. It's like a cast party from Night of the Living Dead. I mean, it's just not much <laughs> happening at all. So, so that's the first one. The second one would be, typically that would be setting your goals, setting your plans. The energy you need there is anticipation. People need to say, wow, this, I'm really excited about this meeting. I want to do this right. I, let's, let's come up with a plan that is really going to just be terrific. And you can feel it. You come out of meetings like that and it's just, you can feel it in the air. People are very, very excited. So that's the anticipation. And the third one is the implementation. This is, and that's usually well-documented in a plan. The unfortunate thing is the energy sometimes leaves the stage before it ever gets there. I was working with some planners in a, a large aerospace company and I was going through these pockets of energy. And I said, um, so would each of you, would you just stand at the pocket that you really like to work in? Everybody stood in the first two pockets. Hmm. Uh, they really liked something that people really liked working with the unknown. Like, wow, if we put this together with that, look at that data and all that. So they were like a think tank. The others loved the excitement of a planning. Like, how do we plan this? And so there's, if you imagine, if the listener is going to just imagine everybody's standing by these first two pockets. And I said, do you notice anything? And they said, oh yeah, no wonder we get along. We think alike, da, da, da. And I said, yeah, that's swell. Do you notice anything else? And they go, no. And I said, well, I noticed nobody's over here at this third stage of where you would have implementation. And I said, what happens when a project gets to that point? And somebody said, well, we hand it off. And I said, and who would you be handing it off to? And they got silent and they said, that's our problem. Mm. All this exciting planning and it's like, oh, this is cool. 
and then there's nobody there. It's like we're doing a handoff and there's no other runner <laughs> on the track. Right. So at, at implementation, the energy you need is that a, a commitment to mastery. If you've ever seen how a good athlete trains or a good musician, they nothing is too small to pay attention to because they want to get it right. There's a story, what's it called? Talent is overrated by Jeff Colvin. And he talked, this is when Tiger Woods was at the top of his game. He said in practicing, he would put the ball in a sand trap and then dig it in with his heel. And he said, and then he would work to get it out over and over and over again. And he said, maybe that problem came up, would come up once or twice during a year. But when it did, Tiger Woods was ready for it. Hmm. That's a level of mastery. What I see happen in a lot of organizations, people are just getting, going through the motions like, I just got to get out of this meeting because I got another meeting across at the other building. What do I got to do to make sure that I get out of here by four o'clock? That's not a commitment to mastery. Right. You know, so, right. So, so now you got urgency, anticipation, mastery. And the final one is where you're actually taking all that work, the planning and implementation, and doing something to get value from it. So you're not just leaving, putting the computers on the desk. You're making sure that the organization is getting value from it. And energy word I like to use for that is resolve. The people are, have a re are resolved to make this work. So even that came on time and on budget, people got the training. Is it making a difference? If not, what do we need to do to make sure that it makes a difference? Those are the big pockets of energy that often aren't paid attention to like they ought to be. Yeah. And it's funny because as you were saying this and using the example of people being in the different kind of categories, it's interesting because a lot of our project managers and PMO leaders and program portfolio managers, et cetera, people that attend our PMO Impact Summit, people that listen to this podcast, they, many of them are in that mastery stage, right? <laughs> they have the ability to get stuff done, but without the right urgency and anticipation, mm. that engagement from the stakeholders, it takes them so long to get it done. And even pocket four of resolve, you can have yeah. all the resolve in the world as the master you are. So we can live in the three and the four, like your third and fourth pocket, but without people being excited, engaged, understanding why they're doing the work that they're doing and why that is so important, mm -hmm. you're not going to get very far. And I think that's what happens to a lot of us in this project management space is that we're the pros and being able to handle the implementation and the rollout so that people know how to contribute, but we've already lost them, right? They haven't yeah. made it with us here to the point of pocket four of energy because they don't they have no sense of urgency. They don't care or they don't know why they should care. It's like the so what factor, I call it. What's the yeah. so what factor of this project and why should they even care and why should they prioritize it? Why should they show up for your meeting? Yeah. As opposed to being like ready to jump and go do something else. Same thing with the anticipation. They're not excited and engaged, right? So we might live in our area <laughs> of mastery, if you will, in pocket three and even in pocket four with being so resolute on making sure that we have <laughs> accomplish it. But are we even doing the right things? Do we have people coming along with us on this journey? Are we going to be going together to do this change together? And we hear all the time project managers say that they don't have the right stakeholder engagement and buy-in. Well, hello, that's why you're struggling so much to get your projects completed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the point you raise is, is a really good one. There's a difference between me being a project manager and, and really take being dedicated to mastery 
The people who make the decisions need to be dedicated to that too. That doesn't mean they have to be masters themselves, but they right. go, yeah, if you say you need it, we're, we're going to try to make that happen. We're going to dedicate, we're going to block out time. We're going to dedicate resources because we want it to be done right. So you can be working for mastery in an organization that really doesn't care about mastery and it's, you're going to die a slow death. Yeah, well, and but there's a balance here, right? Because I think when people hear mastery, they, my concern, my concern is yeah. that we'll have a lot of people that'll get hung up on creating the outputs over achieving the outcomes. Mastery doesn't mean you apply every single line of guidance from the project management body of knowledge, right? Right, right. <laughs> it doesn't mean mastery here. I just want to be clear for our audience. Mastery doesn't mean that everything has to be perfect and that you need 65 pages in your status report and that you need a 22 page scope document in order, you know, and it's got to have every I dotted and T crossed. It's about the intent and driving towards the outcome. So it's interesting. I love this concept of the mastery and being able to, um, you know, it, it, it perfect the process, but it's more about perfecting the process of bringing the people with you through the change and exciting and engaging people, not having right. a 683 line project schedule for a one week project, right? I wouldn't call that mastery, but I can see why some would. And you exactly. said something about driving toward the outcome. And right. that's, that's where the mastery is. And that's what the organization should reward. I remember working in one aerospace company and there were these project leaders and the head person for them said, if you run into any troubles as you're implementing this, call me, I'll provide air cover. Now, if you worked in aeronautics, air cover means something. It meant I'm, I'm gonna be there. And he would, he would be on a plane and he'd be there to try to resolve a problem. These, right. So what happened is that these people on the ground, sort of the project managers knew they had the support of somebody at headquarters who would give them air cover. I mean, it was a, it wasn't just if you're ever in Toledo, look me up kind of empty, you know, invitation. It was a real thing. And it right. really meant a lot to those men and women who were on the ground. Yeah, I, I totally, I, I love it. I love it. Okay. So let's talk about, let's make this really practical for our project managers. What yeah. does it look like, or what are the risks in project management speak? What are the risks to projects if you don't take the time and energy to build that momentum, that energy and that connectedness to all the people in each of these particular pockets. Can you talk about what good looks like, what the risks are and how to overcome them? Yeah, so ideally um, the in a little more complicated form of what I just described, I created something called the batteries not included map. Basically what you would do, you can take a blank sheet of paper and do this and just imagine a vertical line that, that's energy and so you're looking in that first pocket of, and ideally you would see energy kind of go from neutral up to being pretty high where people go, we better do something right now, there's urgency. Mm -hmm. And then during the planning, there's a vibrancy, that anticipation. So that line is still going at a really high level across the page. You get to implementation. There's no drop off between planning and implementation. It's mm. a clean handoff and the energy is still there, the commitment to making it real. And then when you move from implementation to actually getting value from it, the resolve there is to make sure that transition goes well and you do what it takes. And so you'd be drawing a very simple roadmap where the energy goes up 
and then stays high all the way through. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then what you sh- I would recommend you do is if you've been doing a particular kind of project, say, what does it typically look like in our organization? And I gave a couple of examples, like often in the planning, the second one, the anticipation, there's this big burst of energy. So the line goes way up and then just sky, it's like, it's like the most, the scariest roller coaster you've ever been on. It goes yeah. up really high and then down really fast. If that's, and then it never picks up again. So you just see this line way, way down on the page. So you never get much value. And then I, I talked about the one where it's, the, the line of energy just kind of goes across the middle of the page. I draw it with dotted lines. It's sort of like a life support. Mm-hmm. There's enough that people go to the meetings, but you get malicious compliance. There's not much going on. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is for that planning team to look at and say, yeah, that's our pattern. Mm-hmm. So to get a real picture of that's our reality. And then what you can do in this is say, all right, so where does energy start to fall? And why, why is that happening? And I mean, I've identified I think over 20 things like that, but you don't have to have my list. I mean, if you have any experience, you can go, well, what happens is blah, blah, blah. And here's the thing that I find really refreshing is that when I'm working with a group and I'm going, okay, so there's a lot of activity, a lot of energy during the anticipation, the planning phase, and then it, it just drops off dramatically. What's going on? And somebody might say, oh, we do a lousy job of the handoff. We do mm-hmm. a great job of getting people who are good at planning, getting great people to do implementation, but we don't spend any time handing off the baton. So, in fact, I was when I was working on this, I was talking to a leader and she said, yeah, I ne- never noticed that. We, we spend all this time on how do you plan well, how do you implement well, but nothing. And I said, so it's like a relay race, but you never practice actually handing the baton off. And she said, yes. Mm-hmm. So right there, she knew what to do. So what I find really heartening is when people say, that's why the energy drops. I ask them the next question. So what could you have done or what they could, they almost always say, oh, here's what we could have done. Oh, so they the know. Answer, okay. The answer is right there in front of them. And if it's not, start asking around. And mm-hmm. you don't need to read a bu- another book to do that, I don't think. It's really taking the data you got and also, if the energy goes way up, really be curious why. Mm-hmm. Why did people get so excited and say, how do we make sure that we build that in next time? That's really where I would start. And I would not, I wouldn't even get more fancy than that because then I'd say, all right, so you found three places where energy really drops and you said what to avoid. All right. So what's, what would that look like in your plan? Where, where would you add that in? Mm-hmm. And how, you know, and then the thing I talk about actually in the session is how in all four of those pockets of energy, how do you do little things to infuse it, to blend the energy in to everything you're doing? So that's a really interesting way to kind of think about it. You don't need this to be super complicated. You actually probably already have the answers. We just haven't been asking the right questions. So if we're looking at these four stages, these four places, these pockets of energy, there's the beginning momentum of the project and getting people to connect with the why, why they're doing the project. And a simple thing there would be 
making sure that everyone understands the purpose of the project, why it is so important and how the work they're doing can be connected to that. And mm -hmm. I think that's a good way to get that sense of urgency and helping them understand that if we keep doing things the way we're doing, we either won't get the new clients or we won't get the improved employee morale, or we won't get the outcomes we're expecting with this project, whatever that is. And that kind of enforces that urgency. But then the next step is getting people excited and involved in doing the work, right? And once they understand why, then it's about, and connecting them to why that's so important for them in particular, then it's about engaging them in the process to really want to be a part of the solution, it sounds like. So that's pocket mm -hmm. two. In three, you're talking about now, how do we bring people with us through the actual implementation and rollout and make sure that people do feel connected and that they're contributing and that they're valuable and appreciated and respected and a key part of the outcomes that you're trying to create. And then we have to make sure that we're still connecting on that last step, the resolve, and making sure that it's not just that the project was done. I think you've got a really important point here, Rick, that you point out here and in your session at the PMO Impact Summit, which is that it's not just about going through the motions and creating deliverables or outputs. It's about helping the organization achieve those outcomes and that resolve, that commitment to making sure that the project actually provides real value to the organization and to those that they serve. And I think those are really important steps, engagement points, pillars of a successful project that people need to keep in mind. And it's not that difficult to find that if we just stop and pay attention to what's going on around us, right? Yes. And to make a plug for the session that, that yeah. I'll be doing, it's really how do you blend support into the activities you're already doing? Mm -hmm. So I'm not suggesting that you rent uh, a stadium and have 20,000 people. I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm suggesting how do you take the routine, the routinest meeting you've got and turn mm -hmm. it into something that has some lifeblood in it? Yeah. And that's a really cool thing that you're doing at the session. So for all of you that have not registered yet for the PMO Impact Summit, our free virtual conference, that it will be live in September, but we got tons of fun live activities happening between now and then. Make sure that you go register and check out Rick's session because in that session, Rick, you're diving deep into how to actually apply this in the real world right now, today, with a particular project, what are some very tactical things that people can go do to start applying what you're talking about here, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, and I'm trying to make it, you know, I, I work with a lot of engineers and scientists and mm -hmm. financial experts. You know, they really don't want touchy-feely stuff. So <laughs> I want something that they can go, oh, I can do that. Wow, if I only show five slides instead of 50, the amount of space it gives for conversations, that sort of thing. That's so cool. And I can't wait for people to check out your episode or your in the session in the summit. And uh, you're also giving away a free 70 page ebook as well as an action taking resource so that they can apply what they're going to learn in that session immediately to their projects. So I really appreciate all that you're sharing with this community of impact drivers. They really need to hear your message and figure out how they can understand these pockets of energy and how to really capitalize on them and really bring people with them through the process to create big change in their organization. So Rick, thank you so much for being here with us today. You're welcome. It's a real pleasure. Don't forget, this episode is sponsored by Keyed In. Looking for a solution that helps you get up and running, but also 
with you for the long haul? Power your PMO with Solutions from Keydin. Their tried and true model combines software with services to help leaders get value from their PPM tool and grow their PMO to the next level. By simplifying complex areas such as resource management, capacity planning, and portfolio analysis, Keaton effectively changes the way PMOs deliver for the business. Check them out at Keaton.com and definitely find and follow them on LinkedIn. And when we get to the PMO Impact Summit, be sure to go say hello to them in their virtual booth so you can learn more about how they can help you make a big impact. All right, Impact Drivers, that's it for today's podcast episode. Make sure that you sign up for the PMO Impact Summit and join Rick for his session in the event. And I hope you have a high impact rest of your day. Bye-bye for now. 